Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Before I came here, it was the oddest thing. The ice cream truck was going by and my kids were screaming, ice cream, ice cream. And I was listening to it. And uh, for some reason, this ice truck was playing Oh Holy Night. Does that happen? Does that happen in Utah where they they play Oh Holy Night? And that's what this ice cream truck was playing. So I'm like, oh my goodness. Well, tonight is going to be an Oh Holy Night for us. It's going to feel like ice cream. It's going to be really good. And then walking in a rainbow. I'm telling you that there is something new that God is doing. He is doing something new. So that's why when I say the old and the new cannot reside together, I mean it. God is doing a new thing. The title of my message is The Mindset of a a Revivalist. The Mindset of a Revivalist. Um, I took Dr. Matt's word of advice, and uh, when we were doing our trip back uh, to California, and driving back, there's a lot of time that we have on the road. And so we're like, what are some podcasts or books that we get to read? So anyway, I think when he was here, he actually recommended it. It's The Secrets of a Millionaire Mind. And so, yes, it is actually, it's really good. No, he's not a Christian. The author of the book is not a Christian, but he is stripping stuff from the Bible and has made a great deal of money off of his book. But... So that's why the Bible is so important, you know, we get everything right there. But the one thing that that uh, guy told us to do on the car ride, and my son Asher is right here in the front, but uh, he told us, he said, tap your head and say, I have a millionaire mind. So tonight we're going to say, I have a revivalist mind. I have a revivalist mind. Amen. And all the mastermind people in Utah went crazy. They're like, that was the best part of Pastor Loren's message ever. But tonight we are going to get a revivalist mindset. A revivalist mindset. Um, yes, the couple who bought the two showings, the two theater rooms, had a revivalist mindset. Point number one is don't talk about it, be about it. Oh, that is so good. To have a revivalist mindset, don't just talk about it, but be about it. And so what they said is they saw that this movie was coming up. They saw that it was getting controversial. They saw that it wasn't going to be in theaters. And so something was stirring up inside of them that they couldn't shake. And they said, you know what? I'm going to buy not one, but two theater rooms. And... I was there last night, both were overflowing. I was feeling so bad for people walking in late because I'm like, shoot, like they, we don't even have any more seats, you know? But it was overflowing. And that's a not, let's not talk about it, but let's be about it mindset. I think a lot of times why the old and the new wineskin can't reside together at the same time is because the old wine represents some old mindsets. It's some old thinking. And, you know, I'm, I'm, anyway, some old thinking. And I feel like the thinking, the thoughts actually get in the way 
with our hands and our feet being the hands and the feet of Jesus. Because we start getting tripped up so much about our thoughts and what is this going to, you know, could this fail on me? Could I potentially be a failure? All those things are start, starting to come into your mind. You know that Satan is the greatest accuser. He is called the accuser. So what, how do you defer? Oh, is this, you know, thought, my thought? Is this like some great strategy that's coming into my mind, you know, thinking about, uh, you know, this isn't good or this isn't good? Yeah, sometimes we can, God can show us the way. But if we have accusations against us, accusations against something that you feel in your heart and your spirit that you're supposed to jump on and that you're supposed to do, and then that accusation, that thought comes in, that is the old wine trying to come in. So we gotta cut off the old and step into the new. Sometimes we just gotta act before we think sometimes. That's why I love a discipleship church. It actually allows more freedom in that area that we're able to act before we think. Because if something goes off, if we were just, you know, had like a wild hair on our head and we thought, oh, but I thought it was God. But, you know, it kind of got a little weird. We have people around us, right? We have friends that can actually keep us accountable. And so don't worry about it. Let's be the hands and feet of Jesus. Let's take responsibility. So... Amen. So good. The other thing I loved about the movie last night, The Sound of Freedom, and again, you can go again. If you saw it one time, you can see it again and you can bring people. But what I loved about it is at the end, they passed the baton to you and I. So we were all waiting, like, what can we donate to? Like, sure, they said, let's pay it forward for a ticket at the end, but usually it's like, you know, you can help volunteer at this organization or it's like, if I were him, I would be promoting my own organization. Like Tim Ballard has an organization. It's here, it started in Utah. You would think that there would be some marketing around that, but nothing was really, uh, he, they didn't tell us, okay, go do this step next, but they put the responsibility in our hand. But I love that because we're able to take that and do some own searching for ourselves. And we're able to, you know, to yes, we're going to pray on it. Okay, God, what do you want us to do in Utah? What do you want us to do in Salt Lake? Because I believe that Salt Lake City, there's a reason why we have three showings from Awakened Church that got promoted during Sound of Freedom. Three showings. Three. And for the size of our church, it's an amazing thing that we're showing three different uh, showings. And the first two were jam-packed overflowing. And so I know God is starting to align certain things for us, for our church, for this community, that we are going to be known for the greatest, uh, for, for this church. It's so important to have good churches because I'm telling you, healing in every area of our life gets healed, gets transformed in the house of God. So there's a reason why the church, it needs to continue to be strengthened and grow. But I'm telling you, hold on, let me tell you after drink. Cheers. <laughs> okay. But yes, so... With everybody coming out of sex trafficking, all of the young children, the young girls, the young boys, this house will be a house of restoration and redemption for each and every one of those kids. 
And we declare that here in Salt Lake City, it's gonna be one of the greatest cities known for redemption and restoration in that area. And I love to be able to partner with other organizations. Why I love our church as well is because when we think of, of mission, we think of, okay, we have an army of people here. We have an army. So what's another army that's doing things that are you know, aligned with the, the values that we have, that we can partner with them? So these two armies coming together can make a huge impact and a huge difference. And so again, I know that is, not, that is one area, one area that God is going to expand in this community, that we're going to be volunteering in, giving um, money donations to all the things, and we're gonna see that thrive of redemption and restoration. Amen. All right. So let's not talk about it. Let's be about it. I remember the first time that I heard that uh, Jesus, and I say this many times, but it's one of those uh, pivotal moments in my life. I didn't know that Jesus could raise people from the dead. I had no idea. I know Jesus, but I didn't know that side of him. I didn't know that he can raise people from the dead. I didn't know that he was actually healing people today. Like no one ever told me. No one ever said anything. So what the heck people, where, where, where were my friends back then? But I had one person and this was at the end of high school. And he, and he told me and he started telling me like, did you know God can do all these things? And I've seen it happen in front of my eyes. I'm like, I've never seen this happen. Are you serious? And so I went over, there was um, a conference or a service happening next to our hometown. And I, that is a moment that I felt, I, I was filled with the Holy Spirit. I didn't know really about the Holy Spirit. I didn't know really about the power of God. No one ever told me, you know, I've never seen people fall down. You know, we call it slain in the spirit. I didn't know that that was something that happened in this world. And I didn't know people would shake or just things would happen when the power of God comes on you. And so this guy was speaking and he was just talking about it. And what he did is he opened up uh, the altar call. He opened up right here and he said, come forward if you wanna receive uh, Jesus, if you wanna receive the Holy Spirit in your life. And I remember just running up. I don't even really know exactly his words for the altar call, but I just knew something was jumping in my spirit and, ha and I had to go up. And I went up and he prayed down the line. All he did is just, he prayed. There was a line of us and he said, power, power, power. And as soon as he came to me, he said, power. And I shot back. I don't even, they didn't even have ushers. Where were the ushers? Where was our usher team? They would have been on it. But uh, they didn't have ushers. And so I remember just being on the floor and I knew I was shaking, but I was the most captivated by Jesus at that moment. And I remember seeing this light bolt that just came down straight from heaven. And light bulbs can could mean different things. But um, in Luke 10, 18 through 19, it says, And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nothing, I give you the authority. And so something happened. So yes, I saw this light bulb, but just what happened from that moment forward is that I couldn't stop talking about 
this side of Jesus? Did you know about him, that he operates in this way? And so I had no idea. And so, you know, it was a moment where instead of, uh, I wasn't just talking about it. I wasn't caught up in theology. You know, sometimes that could happen. We get caught up in our thoughts and our theology. So I wasn't really talking about it, debating it or anything. I was just about doing, about, doing it. So I went out. And it was in, you know, a little bit of my, it was my early days, okay? So I'm just telling you what happened. This is what happened. I got very excited and I started going to Walmart. That's what I did. I went to Walmart and I would go up and down the aisles and I would just be like, you know what, God, you're going to heal people right here. I know some of you are already thinking I'm weird, but hey, I'm still sharing the story. And, you know, I'm going up and down. I'm like, angels, God, just send angels down and God, give me the eyes to see. And I want to see healings. I want to see people, you know, uh, just transformed because I know that your power heals all things. There's nothing impossible. And so I would go up and down the aisles in Walmart and I brought Matt along with me. So he was praying to, it was like a reluctant prayer as well. So, but I still married him. And... So I was praying and we met this person in the makeup aisle and, you know, I started to pray for her and then she was just eye sweating. We call it eye sweat. Right now, there's probably a lot of eye sweat going on, but the air conditioner is kicking in, so it's all good. It's coming back. Um, So yeah, so I was doing all these things in Starbucks. It was my very first job. And again, it was, you know, I just got filled with the Holy Spirit. And this woman, I was up doing, uh, it was the drive-through. And so they had me up on there. I was taking orders. And all of a sudden, this woman comes up to the, to the screen, and it felt like this horror movie. But she's like, pasted herself on the screen. Ah! Like, I look over, freaking out. And then, so I open up the door. I'm like, are you okay? And she's having this massive panic attack. So she got out of her car, massive panic attack. And so I didn't think, I just started acting. I got out of Starbucks, you know, I'm wearing my whole thing. I stopped my job. I ran out to the line and I got in her car. I got in the driver's seat of her car. This is all just taking action. I had her get in the back with her crying baby because her baby was crying, not knowing what was going on. And then I pushed my, I put my hand back as I was trying to, you know, get out. You go on this busy street and then you park. So I had my hand back and I just started praying for her. And I started praying in tongues. She had no idea what I was talking about. But I'm like, this is all I know what to do right now. I'm just gonna pray fervently and I'm going to trust that God has all this in control. And we get into the parking lot. All of a sudden, first, the firefighter team was miraculously there and like it felt like a couple seconds. But she came back in and I was in with my, my coworkers and I'm just like telling them what happened. And anyway, interesting story, but she came back, the firefighter came and he asked for me and I'm like, oh, Jesus got me in trouble. <laughs> so he walks me out and I feel like I'm like almost handcuffed, you know, like being really dramatic about it. And he takes me out. He's like, yeah, this, this woman wants to talk to you. I'm like, oh, shoot. Okay, here I am. And so she's sitting in her car peacefully and she looks at me and she says, "Um, thank you. I just was having this massive anxiety attack and I felt like 
just blacking out. I felt like I could die. And as soon as you started praying, I felt this massive peace come over me. And I'm good. I'm healed. I don't know what happened, but I just wanted them to bring you out to tell you thank you. So it's amazing things what God can do when you're filled with his spirit and the things that he, without thinking, you'll act upon it, but you'll see amazing miracles happen. It's the revivalist mindset, the revivalist mindset. So we can see miracles happen in front of our eyes here in the church or outside of the church, in our family, wherever we're at. I love that we have ninja prayer warriors throughout our church, we do. Like, yes, we have our incredible ministry team. They are ready to go. So if no one comes up to them, they're like, they're really bummed. So make sure you come up here for prayer. But we have these secret ninjas in the back sitting in these chairs. I'm going to call you out, but Dan, you are one of them. And who has the healing gift on their lives. And Dan, wearing a high shirt, it's not about title, but you can be on the high team. You can be an usher. You can be a security guy filled with the power of God and get words and say, you know what? There is some healing that God wants to do in your life today. Can I pray for you? He has a revivalist mindset. And so you, church, you are commissioned to have authority, to go after it. The mindset, the old mindset wants you to tear you down and just disappoint you and say, uh, I have to be a pastor. I need to go through this seminary school or whatnot and whatnot. And sure, understanding the Bible, we all should be reading our Bible every day. We all should be devouring the word and seminary could really help us unravel the Greek and the Hebrew, the Aramaic and all the amazing things. But one thing that the school can't give you from themselves is to operate with the authority and the power of God. And so that is available to you. The revivalist mindset, the mindset of a revivalist, don't talk about it, but be about it. And again, I just want to go on a quick tangent, and it's going to be really quick. But I always think back, actually, about my Walmart days. (laughs) Because I go to Walmart now. I don't go to Target, so I'm now back at Walmart. And so I think of my days when I would go up and down the aisle and doing all those things. And one thing I really wish, so if everyone has, you know, this urge, since I said that, I really need to go to Walmart tonight to pray for people. I just want to give you one advice, because I wasn't discipled in a church I prayed for this woman, and she received peace. She, she, you know, had this encounter with God, but I wasn't smart enough to invite her to church. And so I'm just, my little tangent is to say, when we go out, when we take God, when God is inside of us, so as the ecclesia, when we go outside and we're, we're praying for people, invite them to church. It's very simple, but invite them to church because they don't know what just happened to them. They're, you know, like, you feel like Wonder Woman, like, oh, yeah, look what God just did through me. And then you just walk away being like, you know, feeling awesome. But then, and they're really happy, but they don't know fully what just happened. And so it's amazing to bring them to a community of people, to point them to the Bible, and to open up just Jesus to them. So 
Little word of advice, quickly. All right, point number two for the mindset of a revivalist is get fervent. Get fervent. We have men and women, men's and women's prayer. And one of the reasons why we have that is to get some fervency in our prayer. What fervency means is a passion. It's passion. And there's actually a scripture about it. It says, the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. We usually say the prayer of the righteous man availeth much, but it actually says in here, James 5, 16, that the fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much, a passion. Yes, I can get, I can get loud, you know, but not everyone might have the same like roar, you know, that I can be. But I know that each and every one of us has passion. I know that. We're able to get loud sometimes. Let's get loud. Let's get loud. Yep. And so that is what God is telling us. In order to have a revivalist mindset and to see things shift and change and to see these amazing faith prayers take place and to have great belief in what God is going to do, he, it says in here, he actually moves on our emotion. He moves on our passion. If we, we can say all the right words, but if our heart isn't into it, I think God sees that. And so let's get some fervency in us, some passion in us. When we pray, it's okay to get loud. It's okay to, to you know, God, with my, with my family, I declare that they are going to be fully healed. Sure, for women, it might sound a little sassy at first, but then you start feeling more confident and you start feeling that authority that God has given you to, to declare over your family. Because we are a vessel of his and he's waiting for us to open our mouths and to pray. And, you know, he needs us. Isn't that kind of weird to say that he needs you and I? But he actually does. He's waiting to move through us. He's waiting to move on your hunger. He's waiting to move on prayers that you continue to pray. I'm choosing to pray this prayer one time. God, I prayed that back in November. How come you never answered me? You know? He's like, what are you continuing to pray with fervency and with passion? How is your fervency with prayer and with worship for others and, and for what God says, a fervency to hear God's voice? I know that there's times, you know, God, will you not revive us again? Sometimes we can feel a little dry at times. Sometimes we can feel like, man, okay, maybe this church service, I saw this person get healed and this and, and yeah, worship was awesome, but God, I still feel distant from you. Will you not revive us again? Are you, are you willing during that time where you feel a little dry to lean into God, to give him a chance again, to trust in him again? Ephesians 6.16 says, In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. So when we pray with having the mindset of a revivalist, when we pray, 
are we able to take up the shield of faith in our prayers? Because when we pray with faith, you know, I, I, I told you guys before, I went on a faith journey back in the day because I didn't really know what people meant by faith. I'm like, faith, it could just be like belief maybe in God. But I heard our church keep saying, pray with faith. And so it's this uh, amazing hope, an amazing trust in God that, that as you put your faith in him, there is a knowing without a shadow of a doubt, he is going to answer this prayer. He loves me. He loves you so much. And he's going to make things move. He's going to make the mountains move in your world. And so when we lift up the shield of faith, it says that the fiery darts of, of Satan can't come can't, will just be bounced right off of us. So again, he is the accuser. So when we have those accusations come in, when we have uh, just these accusing thoughts, or I feel like a failure, maybe he's attacking you and your own identity or self-worth, or maybe you're being very hypercritical about your business, or when you think about the future, you just think it's all unraveling and it's failure. That is the dart of Satan. And so that is a dart coming at you. So where is your faith? Where is your fervency? Where is your passion to lift up the shield of faith for your family and to say, not today, devil. You're not gonna come in and have your way here. No, get out. This is my house. I have authority. This is my territory. So faith and accusation can't live together. They're like the magnets. When you turn magnets around, boom, they just repel each other. All right, so let's be, to have a revivalist mindset, pray with fervency. And the third point is to be ready in season and out of season. Let's be ready in season and out of season. If you felt like you're out of season lately, guess what? God is never out of season. <laughs> so this is a message for us, not to God. God's always in season. For us, we can feel like we're going in season and out of season. If you're in season right now, maybe it's your time to sign up and be a connect leader and open up your house and bring people over to your, to your home. You're like, the time is now. My old days, my dark days, my introverted days are gone. I'm ready to step up. There's flowers and rainbows all around me. I'm having a great season it's time for me to step up and to lead. But maybe you're out of season. Like I said, God is not out of season. But maybe he is trying to tell you something strategic that you can do in your life in order to launch you and your family forward. The sons of Issachar, in 1 Chronicles 12, 32, it says, from the tribe of Issachar, there were 200 leaders of the tribe with their relatives. All these men understood the signs of the times and knew the best course for Israel to take. So they knew what to do to align themselves with God to have precise strategy for victory. They had discernment. So if you feel out of season, lean into God and, and, to, and understand what are the times right now for my life. I might feel out of season, but God, I know you were never out of season. So God, what is a strategy? What is some discernment that you have for me that I need to step into? 
And I'm gonna do a shameless plug with our Awaken Recovery Workshop coming up. That could be the step that you take that you're saying, you know, I've been out of season, but I'm going to choose. I heard God say that, no, don't give up. Don't give up. You have a tribe waiting for you that wants to champion you, that wants to take you out of some stinking thinking and wants to be with you and walk you through something. And they're waiting for you. They're waiting for you at the workshop. So is it time for you to sign up for the recovery workshop that we all as a whole church have zero shame in? Break off any shame. If you feel any shame or intimidation in that area, I think that that is a fiery dart coming at you. So you might have to put up the shield of faith to block it and to step in into the freedom that God has for you. And I was talking about connect groups. Again, this is an exciting time because I feel like school is about to start and also are all of these things happening in our church. And it made me think, so my sons are about to graduate to the next grade level in school. What's my next grade level? Am I going to step in into my next grade, into my new year, or I'm gonna choose to be held back and go over the course again? But no, let August be a month where we step into the new level that God has for us, something new that he wants to teach us, new that he wants to show us. Relationships that he wants to give you and restore you into. We can come in with broken relationships and it turns us into introverted people. But people are opening up their homes, they're called connect groups, find your tribe. We talk about groups all the time because when you're not connected with people, if you don't have relationships with people, it's the number one thing that takes you out. The number one thing. The other thing is serving. If you don't find, and no, we are not a controlling church trying to get you to come in and come to DNA and then serve on a team and go to connect group. We know those things happen, but we are not going to control you. But I'm just telling you what I've seen in my life. If I just decide to step in and to serve God and to be friendly with other people, my life flourishes. And so we can serve him in many different ways. It doesn't just have to be in our church, just so you know. We're not small thinking type of people. We have amazing people like Pathfinders that make it their mission to finance the kingdom of God. And so that is their sole mission. So they get fired up with the, with the Pathfinder breakfast coming up. Don't miss that. We have Jeff Finster coming and I just think he's an incredible person. When you meet him, you're like, I just wanna be your friend. I, I just love you. And so he's gonna be here. And so he wants to uh, speak to you. And I believe that there is a thing that God is doing uh, right now where, where he's awakening up dreams in business. And he's releasing you to dream bigger, to think bigger to maybe not do thing, things the same way you've done, done them in the past, but do it in a new way that can launch you forward, that might scare you a little bit, but if you have God's hand with you, he'll lead you and he'll bring you into it. And then you can see expansion and multiplication that God is doing in your life because he wants to bless you. He wants to bless you, amen. So be ready in season and out of season to have the mindset of a revivalist. Let's be ready. If we feel down, 
You know, I used to think this a lot that my feelings were very in alignment with God and that's a very terrible thought to think. If my emotions is everything that the Holy Spirit is telling me, like, no, the Holy Spirit is our counselor. He is our counselor. He has wisdom. He has discernment to give us. And he does all the fun things through us, healing and all the great things. So to be ready in season and out of season, if I feel out of season or down, and if your friend is in need of a prayer, pray with them. All you have to do, even if you feel like you're not ready for it, or uh, I just don't feel God right now, well, you still believe in him. You still know that he is the God of impossible and he can do amazing things. Stretch out your hand and pray for them or just start just start praying. You, God is God. And he doesn't do things out of, out of us trying to strive and, and, you know, try to make something, muster up something to happen. And God is God and he is a good God. I wanna tell you really quick as, I, as we come to a close that uh, for the season of our church, there's a couple scriptures. It's in Isaiah 35, six through seven. I know that this is a word for our church. It says, then the lame shall leap like a deer and the tongue of the dumb sing. So what was not normal or what was impossible is now possible. What was normal for us to, you know, go through maybe a sickness or always have a disappointment in this area, it's changed now. For water shall burst forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. This is the season of our church, that there's streams in the desert. The parched ground shall become a pool and the thirsty land shall, the thirsty land springs of water, amen. And then it talks about jackals. So I'll just go to the other scripture. <laughs> Is that like a dog? I don't even know. I didn't look it up. Isaiah 43, 18 through 19 says, do not remember the former, the former things. Let the old be old and the new be new. Do not remember the former things nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. It is a season for us, even if you feel out of season, that there are gonna be rivers coming forth in the dry desert areas of your life. So let's all stand up and let's pray. I know there's gonna be a move of God tonight. Thank you, Lord. I just want you to take time right now. What has been a desert in your life? Where has it been dry? When Monday starts and Tuesday rolls around, what are the things that you feel stuck in, that you feel dry, that you feel like you just can't get out of? You don't want it to be a new normal, but you feel like this is a normal in your life. You know that it's not the will of God in your life, but yet it just, it keeps being dry. I'm telling you, God is doing a new thing. 
That's the word of the Lord. God is doing a new thing. Can you not see it? Thank you, Jesus. So let's reach out our hands to him tonight. And let's give to him right now the dryness and the desert in our life. Thank you, Jesus. We give this to you tonight, God. God, we lift up the dry and the desert places. When marriage feels like it has been a desert and it's been dry, God, that you're gonna revive it. We give this to you and you are going to revive it. God, where health feels like it has been a desert in our life, that we walk through this journey of health and we can't find the end. God, you are springing forth rivers in the desert. God, I declare tonight, Lord, that you are healing. You are giving physical healing. You're giving, pouring out rivers in the desert. Rivers where you've been stuck and where it's been dry. God, right now there's a pool that surrounds them. There is life. There's life that springs up for you. God is doing a new thing. I declare it tonight. He is doing a new thing over your life. He is doing a new thing. God, I thank you, Lord. The old is gone and the new is come, has come. God, as we were hearing, as I was hearing from, a, from an ice cream truck, oh, holy night, Lord, it's gonna be Christmas in July. God, I declare gifts, God, coming, pouring out. God, that you are the gift giver. God, I thank you, Lord. God, you're doing something new and fresh. God, I just, I feel, I can sense where there has been a dryness, God, over finances, over over just taking care of our of our homes and, and over our children and over different things. God, that you're springing forth. God, rivers in that area. God, that you are the gift giver in that area. I declare miracles tonight in Jesus' name. I declare as well that someone in this room has struggled desperately with anxiety and has led to blackout. So tonight, we, we break that off in Jesus' name. We break that off. We break off torment and torture where you're not able to sleep at night. God, that that is broken off. I thank you, Lord, that there's streams in the desert. There's streams in the desert. I was also feeling that it was like the right shoulder cuff, that there's something going on right here. I just said right, maybe it's right or left. So this to you, left, maybe right to you. But whoever has that, that Lord, you're healing them right now. God, you're healing them. God, you're healing people from injuries and surgeries from the past where they feel like they can't walk well or walk, walk amazingly. God, that you're bringing rivers in the desert, streams in the desert. You're bringing healing tonight, miracles tonight in Jesus' name. God, you're unlocking purpose. You're unlocking destiny. God, tonight, Lord, you're sparking up an awakening in someone's spirit that there is a gift for you to communicate. There is a gift for you to speak and 
you can imagine yourself speaking in front of stadiums of people. God is unlocking that into you right now. Don't let the accuser come. Don't let the fiery darts come. Just receive right now that, that picture that what God has formed you to do. Thank you, Jesus. God, I declare healing. God, I thank you, Lord. Everything that has been offered up to you, God, to say, Lord, I trust in you again. Take this from me. Take this dry and weary journey and desert from me, God. And I thank you, Lord. You're feeling, filling them right now with streams and with rivers. In Jesus' name, I'm going to invite up my husband. Amen. Amen. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.